We are wrapping up a series called Breakthrough. How many of you guys have enjoyed this series so far? It's been good? Been good? Yeah, isn't it good to know that we worship a God, the God of the breakthrough, right? Who knows that, yeah, I know you feel stuck here, but I know how to get you there. I know you feel like your head is in the clouds here, but I know how to get you there. Have you guys been on a commercial flight lately where the plane went through some clouds and it was raining and, you know, gloomy when you, where you took off, but you went through the clouds and you busted through those things and yet you got into the sunshine and wasn't that like a, yes, the sun still shines, you know, if it's one of those days. Or you're coming home, right, and you got to go through the cloud layer and then all of a sudden you bust out of the cloud layer and then you're like, it's Nebraska again, right? Like it's that... It's just that good feeling, but it's no fun when you're in the clouds, right? I mean, look, as a pilot, I know you get into the clouds and it, it's bouncy, and it's turbulent in there, and a lot of crazy things can happen, right? And so it's not fun if you feel like emotionally you're in the clouds, spiritually you're in the clouds. It's, no, it's not fun to feel like you're stuck. And so today I want to talk to you about four very practical things, four different unique ways that... We can find breakthrough in our life. We can find spiritual breakthrough. We can become the people that God wants us to become. We can let go of the old person, right? We can let go of the old ways, and we can start becoming the man or the woman that God designed you to be. There's four of them. And the first one I want to talk to you about is professional counseling. But not just any counseling. Christ-centered, biblically-based professional counseling. It's different than pastor counseling. It's the kind of counseling you make the appointment, you use your insurance, you pay cash, you use Medicaid, whatever it is, and you, you invest time, energy, and money into dealing with some of the maybe mental health issues, mental challenge. You're dealing with old pain. You're dealing with PTSD issues from the past. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I just know this. This is one of the ways that we're going to find spiritual breakthrough is through professional christ-centered biblical counseling and so because we know this we decided here at new life church we were going to launch professional counseling as a brand new ministry and i'm here to tell you today that starting now okay we've got two full-time um, counselors that are completely certified and licensed with the state of nebraska and we are going to start offering right here out of our carney campus to our carney campus and anybody in Nebraska, because Nebraska lets you connect with a counselor uh, legally over Zoom, so we can offer it throughout all of our campuses and all of our communities, we're going to start offering the very best, in, from our ability, the very best Christ-centered, biblically-based uh, professional counseling uh, to South Central Nebraska that, that we can offer. And to try to help you and help others find the breakthrough that God wants to bring to their life. Amen? That's what we're going to do. So it's a, big, it's a big step, all right? And to help us get this kicked off, we've got two people that are going to be in those counseling seats to get started. I think we'll probably end up with somewhere around 8 to 12, somewhere in that zone uh, when, when we build this whole thing out. But to get started, would you welcome with me uh, Pastor Nate and Mandy King as they come to the stage with me. Come on out, guys. Come on out. Wow, wow, wow. Well, hey, look, they, uh, they already applauded, so they're already, they're already with us, right? That we're launching this thing, and you guys are the first ones to get out there and, and help us get this thing launched. And so 
Um, you're fully, fully licensed uh, counselors with the state of Nebraska and uh, continuing to work and develop and become, you know, the counselors that are going to bring health and life to others. Uh, but why now? You know, why now? Like, in my ministry career um, and over the time, you know, being on this earth, it just feels like right now there is a greater need for professional, Christ-centered biblical counseling than potentially ever before while well, I've been on this earth, and I've been, I'm, I'm 53 years old. Why, Mandy, why do you think that, like, it's a greater need, professional counseling is a greater need now than maybe ever before? Help us understand why that might be. Yeah, so if we start with the statistics, um, it doesn't, it's not hard to find stats on anxiety, depression, mental health right now. Um, one study I saw was from 2017 to 2023, Women uh, struggling with depression and anxiety went from 26% to 36%. Men, 17% to 20%. So it is a real need. And now I would say, in my personal opinion, is um, we're overstimulated. <laughs> we mm. got so much coming at us at all times. It's media, it's billboards, it's your opinion, my opinion. Yeah. Um, what does the Bible say? What does this pastor say? What does my friend say? What does my parents say? So we got a lot of information coming at us at all times. Also, I think the pandemic had a big, uh, probably something that was already there, um, just highlighted. And so we're home. How do we be still? Mm. How do we, how are we okay with ourselves without going out to have coffee or go do the target run or whatever? Um, so I think now, and plus this is just the nature of our world. Um, the Bible tells us that towards the end times, I'm not speaking, I don't know anything about the end times. All I know is what the Lord, what the Bible says. However, that things get um, a little uglier overall, right? Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's my opinion. I think you could probably ask every, each person in here, there's maybe something similar, but just that we got a lot coming at us yeah. and um, everybody supposedly has the answer or, or, you know, is there one general answer for everybody? I don't know, but... Uh, I think we're hurting and we're overstimulated and we need, uh, we need a big reset. Yeah, I, I think as well, there, uh, you know, there, there has been kind of a stigma on, oh you, oh, you need to see a counselor. And we've even joked about it, you know. And, but it's really come, coming out of our fear and our insecurity. I think since the pandemic, uh, we've been coming to almost like grips with ourselves, like, wow. Um, man, I, I do need help. I don't want to be this way. I want to find freedom. And then all of a sudden, your friend is seeing a counselor and your friend is going, I'm finding traction in my life. And they're going, well, I want that too. And we want that for our church. And so, yeah, I do think the need is greater right now. Um, but there's also a big difference between you know, pastoral counseling, which a lot of churches and a lot of pastors you know, offer, and professional counseling. And uh, so to help us maybe understand that, Nate, you sit in both roles now. You're a pastor and you're a fully licensed counselor. So, Nate, help us understand what is the big difference between pastoral counseling and the need for or the use of professional counseling? What's the difference? Yeah, I really think it's the scope of practice. So when I talk as a pastor, I talk really fast. But now when I'm in a, as a counselor, I talk really slow. I really? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> My wife's like, wow, you slowed down. And so, wow. no, that, that's one thing. Because, you know. I just want to ask right now, how many of you guys want to hear a sermon from Nate in a counselor mode? 
I, let, me, hold on, let me ask one more question. How many of you guys think he could actually do the whole sermon in counselor mode? <laughs> Impossible. There's going to be a lot of knee Impossible. bending. A lot of knee bending. <laughs> there's there's going to be a lot of this. Yeah. That's what I do. That's when you get intense, That's bro. when I get intense. All right, so, all right, sorry. Okay. okay, come back to the scope. It's the, back to the scope. Yeah, the scope of practice. Um, as a pastor, I, I didn't go and learn the clinical mental health side. I didn't get to learn the biopsychosocial that you're going to get in professional counseling. You're going to, in professional counseling, we're going to look, we're going to do an intake and we're going to look at your family history. We're going to look at some of the things that are going on mentally health in the mental health side of your family and you and, and kind of give you a holistic approach to really find what's, you know, where your struggle is and what's going on. And then we're going to give you a biblical perspective as well to the antidote or coping skills to help that. And so right. it's, it's a total, it's a full picture, but yeah, uh, you know, the cope, the coping and the the scope of it really as a pastoral, I can, as a pastoral counselor, I can only took you so far, but now I have so many more resources and tools because of the schooling that I have, I can take you further than maybe yeah. some, a pastor could take you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, look, when you're in the pastor seat, you're dealing with administration, leadership, right? You're writing messages, you're having to develop new ministries, and then you've got counseling. And it's like a slice of what you do. And then when you flip that switch and you move into the single lane of professional counselor, you, you just have a lot more time. I mean, we're talking like in, in a week. I mean, how, how many hours or how many clients can you see right now in a week as a professional counselor versus how many people you could see if, you know, in a pastor role? And so it, it, just, it just totally expands it and it makes it that much more meaningful for people. So I, I love that. Um, I, I, so that, there's some differences. So we're still going to offer pastoral counseling at New Life, by the way. Um, but we're going to work in, hand in hand. And we know that now when it comes time to go, hey, I suggest maybe we, we transfer you over to see a professional, you know, Christ and a counselor. We, we kind of know where we're, where we're going right here. And so that's, that's encouraging as well. Um, but what got you guys into this? You know, I mean, like, you know, when you're a pastor, you, you better be a pastor because God called you. Um, things are going to get tough and you got to go back and you got to say, God called me to this and I'm going to stick to this. And I think the same thing holds true with a counselor. I mean, you guys are carrying a lot of weight as you're talking with people and you're wrestling through situations with people. So what, what's the, Mandy, what's the, the motivation? Like, what is the call? What, how did you go from whatever you were doing to doing this now? Yeah. So I would say I always, uh, had a heart for helping ministry of some sort. Um, and then I also went on my own mental health journey about seven, eight years ago. Uh, I was a stay-at-home mom for, my son will be 25 next month, so I've been doing that for a while. And then I have three daughters, and so my main focus was at home with my kids. However, I did a lot of volunteering community-wise in mentoring and ministry as well as here at New Life. Um, so when life kind of hit me hard a few years ago and I found myself in a position I'd never been in before and I did not know how to deal. I didn't feel like I had the resources. Um, I had seen local past or my own pastors here at New Life, but there was something that I was, I, I wasn't grasping, um, or that wasn't settling in with me. Mm -hmm. I found a counselor here in Kearney. Um, she changed my life and I remember going to her and being like, you know, I'm about three months in. I'm like, yeah, so am I better? Like, can I, can we wrap this up? And then I realized, oh, this is a journey. I'm, I'm on a journey. And, and uh, 
and it, yeah, it changed my life. She is now my, my mentor. Yes. I said, I love you as a counselor, but I don't want you to be my counselor anymore. I want you to be a mentor in my life. And so uh, that's kind of unusual. But uh, that really was a big turning point in my life. And um, so in 2020, when uh, right before the pandemic hit, I'm gosh, like, what am I going to do with my life? My kids are getting older. My last one is entering high school. I have this heart for ministry. I thought about going back to school several years ago, but my kids were just too young at that time, and I, I wanted to be present. Um, so I'm at the coffee shop in January of 2020, and I run into a girlfriend. I see she has a backpack. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you, are you going back to school? Ha ha. Because obviously I'm not young. We're, we're both older. And uh, she's like, yeah, I started the clinical mental health program at UNK. And I thought, Hmm, that something, yeah, something's <laughs> yeah. resonating with yeah. me. So I went home, talked to my husband, Sean, and uh, looked into it and decided I'm going to jump in. I just had such a piece, I knew it was the time. And so fast forward, uh, I just graduated this year. But like I said earlier, don't be afraid of that. I've been, <laughs> I'm not that brand new. Um, I have been doing some mentoring and teaching for many, many years. However, now in the clinical role is just uh, my niche. And I'm, just so proud and uh, to be a part of City Care and with New Life, it's a dream come true. So that yeah. was my journey. I love it. I love it. It's really what I love about your answer is like it's, it's always been in there. It's just that you got a chance now to kind of like let it flourish, and the fruit of that, Mandy, I think the future is just going to be one of those kind of things you're going to look back and with tears in your eyes go, God, thank you for being faithful and leading me in this journey. Nate, now we know you. We know you, you know, I mean, you've been around here, you've been on staff for quite a long time. So why make the shift? Yeah, so I've always had a heart to love people. And uh, that was about seven years ago. I, I was in a, a time of prayer and devotion and I was praying and talking to the Lord and the Lord just put it in my heart. He's like, hey, would you ever go back to school and, and look at getting your master's in clinical mental health counseling? And my argument was, Lord, I didn't do very good the first time. How am I going to do this? It seemed daunting. It seemed like there's no way. And so, but a week later, I get a phone call from seven young adults and college students saying, hey, do you know any professional Christian counselors? And right then and there, I was like, okay, Lord, this is that moment. And so I applied and, yeah. and then here I am. And so it was funny as we were in classes together, because I graduated a year sooner than she did. And we were talking to each other. And I'm like, what are you going to do? And she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, we don't know. We don't know. But we know now. Yeah. And God's timing is perfect. Yeah. And so we're excited to partner with City Care and New Light and launch this. And it's, right it's cool. Yeah, I had a dream um, to do this like nine years ago and approached a, a licensed uh, Christian counselor. And it just didn't work out. And so just kind of been sitting on it for nine years. It's amazing how God can give you a thought and an idea. And you think it's for now. But he's like, no, it's a decade from now. Like, you just be faithful. You know, just wait it out, wait it out. So I'm excited about this. And we partnered with another uh, a ministry of counselors called City Care. And there's, uh, there's over 40 of them. Uh, they're based really out of Omaha. And it's really a, uh, a Christ-centered uh, counseling that is connected with the local church. That's their whole desire. And so uh, we found them. They found us. Uh, we just decided, let's do this. Let's make this thing happen. And that's helping us expedite the, the ministry of professional counseling to our community quicker. But Nate, really quick, really fast. Um, how, if, if somebody wants to take this step and they want to make an appointment with either of you here, what do they need to do? Okay, because some people, they, that's the hardest thing they're going to do today. 
is making this appointment so that they can experience breakthrough. How do they make the appointment? Yeah, you can go to our website, mynewlifechurch.com, and you can click and just scroll down to the, toward the middle of the page, and there's going to be a city care link right there. They're showing it to you right now on the screen, and you can just go ahead and click on that. You can click to make an appointment. You can also uh, look at our pictures and look at the, <laughs> I, the biography, or the, you know, our, the bio and all that stuff on there and find out more about us and who would be a better fit. And then you can click on it, you know, click the appointment, and uh, you can uh, set up a on the portal with City Care, you can make yourself a client, you can fill all that out, you can look at our schedules, and then you can just literally just click and set your own appointment. But if you'd like to make a phone call, there's a, there's a number on the screen that you can call and talk to one of our lovely receptionists, and they would love to answer any questions, help you with billing questions, anything like that to set that appointment. And uh, we'll also even get you the paperwork so that you can get that filled out before you come in so it doesn't eat up some of that time in that very first uh, session. And so, yeah, we'd love to connect with you and meet you. Love it. It's going to be great, guys. It's going to be great. So thank you guys for following the call of God on your life and helping all of us find the breakthrough that God has for our lives. Amen? Let's thank them. Come on. Wow. I love that. I think those are two fantastic counselors to have on our team here, and we're just getting started, by the way. Uh, this is not the end. This is just getting started. Hey, thanks, man. Wow. You carried the table and my drink? Super talented. Super talented. Mmm. Man, it's still warm. Great. Um, is that too much information? Okay. Anyways, hey, let me give you the, let me give you the other three, okay? Uh, first, the, 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 or the second one is forgiveness. If you want to find spiritual breakthrough, it comes through forgiveness. And forgiveness really is what? You got offended by someone, and you have to figure out how to let that go. And forgiveness, a lot of the times, is a heart issue more than it is a face-to-face issue. Some of the times, you got offended by a particular person. It could have been horrific. And it might be better that you don't even see that person again. All right? So... It's more of a heart issue. It's what you do in here. And we have to remember something that's powerful about forgiveness and unforgiveness. That unforgiveness acts like bondage to your soul. Unforgiveness is like bondage. Unforgiveness is like, you know, strap your wrists together, tape them together, tape them to your ankles, because that's kind of how you look spiritually. You're, you're in bondage. And it starts to corrupt the way you think. It starts to corrupt the relationships that are around you. And, and that's where unforgiveness, you know, keeps you in bondage. So therefore, forgiveness leads you to the breakthrough. Unforgiveness, you've heard the old, the old cliche statement, unforgiveness is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. Now, who would let someone live rent-free in their house? Okay, a couple of you would. But let me ask you this. Who has ever had a friend say, hey, I just need to stay a week, and then they stayed a month? Have you ever thought about that? What would you do if you offered your house up to a friend, and you thought it was only going to be for a week, and then it turned into two months? What happens when someone overstays their welcome, and now you actually want them out, but you don't have the guts to actually evict them out? But that's what unforgiveness is like. Unforgiveness is like letting that person live rent-free in your mind and in your emotions. It starts affecting your will, and then you, you lose the ability to really evict them and kick them out. And so Jesus says this about forgiveness and breakthrough. 
Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, he says, Look, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will give you breakthrough. He'll forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, then your Father will not forgive your sins. He'll let you stay in a place of bondage. See, God's more interested not in what someone's done to you, but what you're going to do with it. God's always looking here. We look there. God looks here. You can fool people to thinking one thing out here, but you can't fool God because God sees what's really truly in here. And God wants to bring breakthrough to you. But for some of you, you're only going to find breakthrough today if you forgive. And when you forgive, then God starts working a miracle in your heart. So what if you want to take that path? What would that look like? Well, I got a few thoughts for you that I've applied to my personal life. First is this, right? Uh, Give God your pain and ask God to forgive you for holding the offense against the other individual. You're like, whoa, time out. Time out. You want me to admit I'm wrong for not forgiving them. And I'm going to say to you as your pastor, yes. Why? It's the only thing you, you can control. I can't control them, but I can control me. So I come to God first and I say, God, forgive me for holding this offense against this other person. Secondly, these are critical statements and critical steps, by the way. Secondly, God, give me your heart for them. Give me your heart for them. Because guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you keep your heart for them, it's going to keep you in bondage. You get God's heart for them, and all of a sudden you start going, okay, they're, they're not perfect, and yes, they wounded me deeply, but God, you'd still love them. And so what you're doing is this, you're going, God, give me your love for my offender. And so that you can do what? So you can activate this third element, which is blessing those who offend you. I'm not saying send them a check for $1,000, all right? I'm saying that when you get the memories of the past, you pray for them. So that's how it, that's how it rolls. We end up blessing them, and as you bless them, you're blessing them, and you're blessing the offense right out of your life. It's like a dirty cup of water that's sitting underneath the faucet, and the more that the clean water goes in, the dirty water has to go out. And so that's what you're doing to your soul. When you're blessing them, you are cleansing your soul, you are cleansing your mind. Some of you, that's the way you're going to find your breakthrough. In this whole series, it came down to a five-minute talk over forgiveness, and that's what you needed, and it hit you right there. And if that hit you right there, don't leave this room, don't leave whatever auditorium you're in without taking action of starting that process. God, forgive me for holding this offense over the person that offended me. Give me your heart for them, and then start blessing them. The next one, though, number three, would be this, repentance. Repentance. Repentance is most easily defined as this. I'm ideologically, I am physically, right? I am emotionally, I am mentally heading this direction, which is against God and his word, and it's a 180-degree turn, and it's going, okay, God, I'm going to start honoring you. I'm going to start thinking the way that you think. I'm going to start loving the way that you love. And repentance and breakthrough, they go hand in hand, meaning this, that when we repent, God can bring the breakthrough. When you, like, as an example, when you repent of your sins, then God can bring the breakthrough and release you from the penalty of your sin. He can release you from the death your sin would have caused you 
spiritually, it, would, it releases you from that penalty when we repent. That's breakthrough. But God also, when we repent, he brings breakthrough because this is what happens. Our sin separates us from God. This is God. My sin keeps causing me to move this way. When I repent, God spans the gap and goes, okay, now we can be close again. And that's God's desire ever since the beginning. He knew that sin was going to separate us. Isaiah 59, 2 tells us this. It says, look, it's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, God has turned away and will not listen anymore. Look at, look at the, the division. Look at the separation that happens because of our sins. There's separation. And then there's God going, look, I'm going to turn away. I'm not going to listen. And he would go, well, that's harsh. No, it's, it's this. It's that God's, he's listening now for one thing. He's listening for your heart of repentance so that the gap between the two of you can be built back again and life can continue. Did you realize that Jesus actually felt this separation from his father as well? That when Jesus went to the cross, he took your sins, he took my sins, he went to the cross, he hung on the cross, and he felt a separation at that moment from the father for the very first time. He said these words in Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, my God my God, or my Father, my Father, why have you abandoned me? Why do I sense for the very first time separation from you? It's because the sin of humanity was brought upon Jesus. God the Father did exactly what Isaiah talked about. He had to turn, he turns away. And Jesus is going, we've, we've been one. We are one here. Why do I sense this awkward separation? May it be in your life as it is in the life of Jesus that we would be so close to the Father that we would recognize how sin starts to separate us. Because the scariest thing that can happen in your life and in my life is that sin separates us from God and we don't even notice that it's happening. Because now you're getting yourself out on an island where you are most vulnerable. You're getting yourself to a place where you're so separated from God that you're not recognizing his voice. You're not, you're not hearing his spirit, right? You're not, you're not sensing the conviction in our lives. And we're over here succeeding. The worst thing that could happen in our lives, and the, and the enemy loves to do this. He loves to do this. He takes our sin that separates us from God and then he allows us to succeed for a while. And in your success, you think you've arrived. In your success, you think, wow, this is not that bad. Like what my parents said or what my grandparents said or what my pastor said about following Jesus, they don't have it all figured out because I'm over here. I'm not, I'm not like as committed as what my mom was or my dad or what my pastor talks about. But man, it's like God's blessing me over here. And I would say to you, no, it's not God's blessing. But you're on, you're on some tracks that are going to come to a quick dead end and they go right off a cliff. And God's over here and he's just waiting. And he's like, man, I hope they wake up. I hope, I hope they come to their senses. But if it takes a person hitting rock bottom, God will allow us to hit rock bottom. But even at your rock bottom moment, God is there. That's what I've experienced in my life. That when repentance was authentic between me and God, God built a bridge between me and him. 
And the distance between me and him got chewed up super fast, and I'm standing there with God experiencing a powerful, mighty breakthrough through repentance. But I've also experienced that when I repent, God brought a breakthrough by giving me victory over my sin. See, before I was actually a follower of Jesus Christ, man, I had a mouth like a sailor. Okay? And some people, they dog me every once in a while in my sermons because they're like, Pastor, you just made up a word this Sunday. In fact, I got staff members that keep, they keep a, a running list of the words that I accidentally make up while I'm speaking. Right? And I love them for that. Right? I love them for that. Uh, but when I, man, when, before I knew Jesus, I, I had a vocabulary of foul language that was not impressive. In fact, it was so, so vast that I had non-Christian friends a couple of different times in my life actually look me in the eye and tell me, would you tone it down? When you got non-Christian friends asking you to tone it down, you know you got a problem. But watch what happened. Three o'clock in the morning in Bellevue, Nebraska, when I knelt down in that living room and I, I surrendered my life to Jesus Christ, something miraculous took place. The desire to speak that way was instantly gone. I didn't ask God to take that away, but he took it away. It was a victory over my sin that came through repentance. And guys, I just, it was like cold turkey. It was like one day, just blah, right? The next day, not using that language at all. And I'm just honoring the, honoring the Lord with, you know, with what I say. And so I'm just telling you right now, God knows how to bring breakthrough. But for you, if you want to see breakthrough through repentance, then can I just suggest that you entertain these few thoughts? First, God is good. It's hard to come to God with a heart of repentance, true repentance, unless you believe he is good. Because a lot of us think that God's going to like, oh, God hates me. God's just going to slam me. I'm going to repent to God. Like, God, forgive me for this lifestyle. And God's going to be like, it's about time. Like, some people, that's what they think. I just want you to know, God is good. He's a grace-filled God. He's wanting to forgive, by the way. Then humble yourself. And then acknowledge the pain that your sin has caused you and you know it's caused God. And then ask him, Father, would you fill me with your Holy Spirit so that I can turn 180 degrees and start living my life the way that you want me to. Guys, if God brought breakthrough in my life through repentance, he can bring breakthrough in your life through repentance. So can I encourage you, if that's where you're at today, don't leave this auditorium without taking the step of repentance. Lastly, to wrap up this entire series, I saved the best for last, okay? Because some of you, you're going to experience breakthrough when you give financially. And you're like, I knew it. I've been loving this church up to this point. I've been loving breakthrough. These guys have been awesome. And here he is. He saves it for last. I get it, man. I know that, look, there's been, there's been pain you know, maybe in your past from some church that manipulated you with finances or whatever. I just truly, honestly want God's best for your life, okay? I just want God's best for your life. I mean that with all my heart, and if you get to know me, you'll know that about me. I want God's best for your life, and as a spiritual leader, that means I've got to help you understand where does finances fall in your spiritual journey, and so some of you are going to find breakthrough through giving. I know we live in difficult times right now. Inflation's on the increase, borrowing money, the interest rates are on the increase, and your paycheck is not on the increase. Isn't that wonderful? 
Everything costs more. The grocery store costs more. My wife, man, she made a wonderful meal. I mean, just like an incredible steak, some vegetables, a little salad. It was amazing. The plating of it was even awesome, right? I mean, she had definitely looked at Pinterest for this one, okay? And, and then we eat it, and she's like, do you know how much that meal costs? And I didn't know, and she tells me. And right after that, she's like, yeah, it would have been probably cheaper if we just went, to the, went out to a restaurant and bought it. And I was like, well, let's go do that too. Um, and so, so I, everything's gone up. And I know that the temptation is to do something. The temptation is to simply go, well, I got to cut back on my giving you know, to the Lord. But when you cut back on your giving to the Lord, here's what you're doing. You're saying, God, you're not first. And when, if you're saying that, if you're saying, God, you're not first, can I just, just look as your friend? And as a spiritual leader, um, you know, just out of the responsibility of spiritual leader, I'm just going to tell you right now, that's the worst decision that you could ever make is say to God, God, you're not first in my finances. Putting God first in our finances is a big leap. I know that, right? Putting God first in our finances is a giant leap. And it's, it's hard. But I'm going to tell you that when you put God first in your finances and you start to tithe, which means giving God the first 10%, right? Or, or, you know, like this, when you start stepping out like that, that's when you're going to start finding the financial breakthrough that you need. That's when you're going to start experiencing the spiritual breakthrough. Because money can be like a God. And you can't both say to yourself, I love Jesus, but Jesus isn't number one in your finances. This is what Jesus told us, actually, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 24. He says, look, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot, watch, you cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. The more you try to control your money, the more it works its way out of your hands like you're trying to hold on to silly putty or you're trying to hold on to water. The more you try to manage and control the 100%, you end up wasting way more than the 10%. God's going, hey, honor me with the 10% first. Why is that? Here, here's the reason why. Because no one, a financial advisor sitting here, it doesn't matter, right? Uh, somebody that's, that's wealthy, it doesn't matter. Someone that makes minimum wage, it doesn't matter. Nobody in this room, no one listening to me, can manage finances better than God can manage finances. God is the expert. And when we decide to put God first in our finances, it's amazing how God takes the other 90%, and he makes it work better than it ever did when you controlled the full 100%. But let me make it super clear. We don't give to get anything. And in fact, when I'm talking about the breakthrough here, I'm not always talking about a financial breakthrough. That when you put God first in your finances, I'm not saying, oh, God's going to make you rich. I'm not saying that. I am saying this, that when you put God first in your finances, it's amazing the types of breakthroughs that God does, and sometimes you don't even recognize them until it's beyond the moment. How God protected you, how God provided in a supernatural way, how God gave you peace when in the midst of a crisis of an economic storm, but yet you have peace. You see what I'm saying? And the reason why I can stand up here and say and talk about giving and finances with confidence is because giving is a kingdom principle. It's not a man principle. It's a kingdom of God principle that God honors and God blesses those who give joyfully 
and give with a faith-filled heart. And it's not even my idea. It's in God's word that God says, look, there's a scale to the giving. That if you give a little, you get a little. If you give a lot, you get a lot. That wasn't my idea. That was the kingdom of God principle found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. In fact, if you want to read that, the, the whole little passage right there is talking about money. I'm only, I only have time to take out one verse today. But it says this, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a what kind of a crop? So sparingly, reap sparingly. So generously, reap generously. Why am I talking about this? Because I told you at the beginning, I want God's best for you. I want you to be blessed. I want, I want you to reap generously from the heart of God. Yes, that might actually be financial. But what if it was just a closeness with God? What if it was just the ability to weather the storms of life with greater peace and greater joy? What if that's all it was? I just know this, that God's word is true and it's trustworthy. And if God says it, it can happen. And some of you, the breakthrough that you're going to get in your life is going to come when you start putting God first in your finances. So start today. It's easy. There's an envelope in front of you. You drop it off in a bucket at one of our auditoriums. You can go online, mynewlifechurch.com. You can give right now. Like, don't let my words manipulate you to do that. But if my words are sitting in your heart like as if the Holy Spirit's the one speaking to you, then, then act on that conviction. Because breakthrough for all of us here today is right, right at our fingertips. It's just, it's just right there. It's, just, it's one little reach away. That's it. It's one little reach. Just, even with my bad shoulder, it's like one little reach away. It's, it's a reach where you go online and you set up the appointment with Nader Mandy. That's the most difficult thing that you're going to do today. But it's this, that little extra reach. Okay, I'm going to set that up. It's, okay, I'm, I'm going to start the process of forgiving. That's what I'm going to do today. During worship, I'm going to step out. I'm going to start doing that. It's just right there. It's, you can reach out and grab it if you want to. It's just right there. It could be repentance. I sense the Holy Spirit convicting me, and I gotta, I've got to repent. Like, I've got to tell God, God, I've broken your law here. Like, it's just one step. It's like, it's at your fingertips. Just reach out and grab a hold of it and start experiencing the breakthrough. And for others of you, as awkward as it was to talk a little bit about finances at church, it was exactly what you needed to hear. And, it's, and God saved it for the last for a six-minute talk on finances to help you start to experience the breakthrough that God has for you. So here's what we do today. We take out our shovel, okay, and we start digging the hole. It doesn't seem like it's a lot, but we make, we set up the appointment. We give online, right? We offer forgiveness or, or repentance. We dig the hole. God fills it. You want spiritual breakthrough today? You do your part. Let God do his. But God's always interested in us doing our part. Your part isn't that big. It's just little. But you do your little part, God can do his big part. Why? Because he's good. 
He's a good God, full of grace and mercy. God's got more breakthrough in your life than you could ever dream possible. He knows places you need breakthrough in that you don't even know about. And God's going, look, just today, just one shovel dig, right? Just you make the hole, I'm going to fill it. And God's going to fill it with an amazing breakthrough because he's a loving, good God. Amen? Why don't you stand with me and let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're the God of the breakthrough. Lord, throughout this entire series, you've been encouraging us just to get closer to you, to trust you more, to seek you more. And that as we do that, Lord, you act like a physician to our soul. And you start causing breakthrough. I I stood in the lobby today and had three different people in between these services come up to me and tell me about the breakthrough they're experiencing in their life. Some of them are big. Some of them are just minor. Some of them are just the encouragement that they sense the Lord giving them for the very first time. And others of them are marriages that have been healed. Lord, I don't know. I don't know what level of breakthrough or what kind of breakthrough every person in this room needs, but you do. So Lord, as we obediently just do what we can do, Lord, will you supernaturally do what only you can do today. In Jesus' name, amen.